I'm delighted to say I'm joined by our General Secretary, Canon Chris Thomas. Where do we start? Should we start with the Bishop's Plenary, first time in 18 years, taking place in Cardiff. Tell us a bit about the Catholic Church in Wales. Well, Christianity in Wales is very ancient. When Christianity spread from Jerusalem, there were effectively two routes. There was called the Roman route, which was the way in which Christianity came to to England in 597 with uh, St. Augustine in Canterbury. But there was also the route that went through the north of Africa and then up through Spain and through the Celtic lands, through Ireland, Scotland. And Wales was certainly part of, uh, of that route. And uh, it was distinguished by a real sense of fervent preaching and distinctive monastic communities. So when you look at the austere monasticism of uh, the the early Welsh church and the great saints, so for instance, if we take three of them, the great saint of Wales, Dewi Sant, uh, St. David himself, who founded his monastery at Manu. People don't really know what what Manu means. Manu is the place of St. David's uh, and uh, Latinized its Menevia. And of course, we have the announcement of Bishop Mark O'Toole, who is now not only the new archbishop-elect of Cardiff, but also the Bishop of Menevia in his own person. David founded his monastery there and lived a very uh, ascetic life, a fervent preacher of the gospel, a lover of nature, a community that lived the true Christian values of that sort of early monasticism. And it became a centre of teaching. Two of his sort of contemporaries, Ishtid, who founded his monastery and school at uh, Llanishtid Vaur, or as we would call it in English, Llantwit Major, (laughs) and Tylo, who was Bishop of Llandaf. These just three of the great saints of Wales. Tylo, particularly for me, because uh, I was brought up in the church in Wales and I was baptised in St. Tylo's church in Cairithen in Swansea. And Tylo has always been a particular uh, devoted saint of mine, uh, sort of a patron in some respects. And they engendered in the people not only the real sense of faith and beauty of our Christianity, but through their preaching and through their language and through their faith, they actually engendered the sense of peoplehood, a shared national identity. And this lived on until the progression of the Roman church effectively into the land and and in some ways the unification of the Celtic and the Roman churches which ultimately was uh, defined by the Synod of Whitby with the uh, the two uh, resolutions of the, of the singular date of Easter for instance but Wales has never lost its own identity as a Christian land there was obviously the effects of the reformation but when we look at Catholicism in Wales from the period of probably the mid-1600s, late 1600s, when the Vicars Apostolic began to work across our country, the, the country was divided into, into four. Wales was part of the Western District. And later on in that period, what was interesting was that the sort of exiled monastic communities began to return and after Catholic emancipation in 1829, there was a re-establishment of the worshipping communities in South Wales particularly. And in 1850, when uh, the hierarchy was restored, one of the original 13 suffragan sees of Westminster was the Diocese of Newport and Menevia, which was created to cover the whole of the south of Wales. The north of Wales was included in the Diocese of Shrewsbury. 
And the cathedral was not in Cardiff, but it was actually at Belmont Abbey, which is in Herefordshire. Mm. And in fact, as it stands at the moment, the Archdiocese of Cardiff is the only diocese in Wales that has a bit of England in it because Herefordshire is also included in the Archdiocese. But that wasn't created until 1916 when there was a restructuring with uh, the papal letter uh, Cambria Celtica. And the Archdiocese of Cardiff was created and the Diocese of Menevia was then refounded, as it were. So Wales was divided effectively with a diagonal line with a cathedral up in the north in Wrexham for Menevia and then the Archdiocese of Cardiff in the south with the cathedral at St David's, Metropolitan Cathedral, which still exists. And that continued until 1987 when there was a further reconstruction where a horizontal line was sort of driven across the country between Aberystwyth and Machanthleth and the north became the Diocese of Wrexham, and then the south was divided into Menevia in the west and Cardiff in the east of the south of Wales. So we have three dioceses in Wales, and what's interesting is that uh, the Holy Father appointing Bishop O'Toole as the Archbishop of Cardiff and the Bishop of Menevia in persona episcopi means that the two dioceses remain as ecclesiastical entities, but are united in the very person of the bishop, and so he's the bishop of both dioceses across the south of Wales. The last time the bishops met in Wales was in 2004. We have to remember that in 1999, Wales became a devolved administration. What's happened in the 20-odd years since then is an increase of the importance of that devolved administration. Over the period, there has been an increase in legislative power, and no longer is it sort of regarded as as an add-on. And in fact, the church in Wales has never really been seen as an add-on to the church in England. To be honest, the way that the church now deals with the civic authorities in Wales is just as important as we do here in England with Westminster. And the devolution process has created a very distinctive character within the principality. You could say that Welshness has come to the fore. My own family are in Wales and we're very proud of being Welsh. And not only that, the Senedd and the Welsh government now have really important functions. And for us in the Catholic Church, there are two which are really important. The first is that educational matters are devolved in Wales. And therefore, we have to deal, and the Catholic Education Service has a Welsh officer, Angela Keller, who works in Cardiff, and she deals with Welsh issues surrounding education. I mean, for instance, one of the great differences between education in Wales and in England is that there are no academies in Wales. So we still work on the voluntary aided principle, which is very distinctive from uh, the academisation process that is going on in England. And also health matters are devolved in Wales. And so there are different in policy on on health. As we Uh, have learnt through the coronavirus pandemic. that's correct. And uh, uh, people who live in Wales are blessed because they don't have to pay for prescriptions. Uh, So uh, obviously health and the well-being of people is a very important character, part of our, our, our Catholic teaching. And so the Church in Wales has a very important voice to play in those areas particularly. And so our meeting in Cardiff is not only important in the fact that we are a Bishops' Conference of England and Wales, but it's important to make a strong statement about Catholic life in the Principality, in Wales itself. And the presence, physical presence of our bishops being together will be integral to it. And as part of our plenary work, the bishops will make a visit to the Senedd itself 
down to the Millennium Centre and to the Cardiff Bay area. And we will be holding a reception in Cardiff Castle for Senate members, for the civic authorities in Wales, to uh, basically show that we are real partners in developing not only the Catholic voice in Wales, but also in building up the whole of the society. We will obviously be transacting our usual business. There's a very full agenda. We'll be looking at things that are of concern. I mean, one of the things that I think that everybody is aware of is the ongoing Ukrainian situation, which you uh, uh, have a, a statement from Bishop Kenneth, but he will be updating the bishops personally. And there will also be reports from the way in which our Catholic communities across the country have been supporting the people of Ukraine. We're also going to be looking at domestic poverty and the issues that are arising now because of the the cost of living issues. Nobody can escape that the cost of living is going up, and these social issues we can't divorce ourselves from, and so we'll be looking at those. And we demonstrated very tangibly during the pandemic how our Catholic communities support people in real need through alleviating poverty through food banks, through other practical, real frontline resources. Now, can we do this more strategically, as well as petitioning government to have better policies in place for the alleviation of poverty. We'll also be looking at the issues that have come forth from the publication of the government's Rwanda policy and refugee issues. We will be looking again at the whole issue of how do we receive, how do we welcome, how do we integrate people who are seeking safety? Because that's always been part of our tradition in this country. We have always been a place where we live according to the freedom of law and uh, we welcome people who are escaping injustices of law uh, in their own countries. So those are some of the things that we'll be looking at. And there'll be a bit more of an update as well on the pilgrimage of the relics of St. Bernadette uh, that will uh, be occurring later on in the year. And pilgrimage, of course, is very much part of the Welsh national culture. Uh, We have great pilgrimage sites in Wales. There's obviously St. David's itself. There's the uh, National Shrine of Our Lady the Taper, Vaira Bertaivi in Cardigan. And in the north, Holywell and St. Winifred. But the place that I love most is St. Non's Well. St. Non was the the mother of David. It is uh, part of the tradition that David was born in the middle of a thunderstorm. And uh, where he was born at St. Non's is a well. Wells are always associated with miraculous births. And uh, if you go out just uh, along the coast from St. David's, you come to this beautiful little chapel and retreat house and you can walk down to the well, and uh, I always find it a very magical place, of, a place of, of spirituality and a place of pilgrimage. So talking about St Bernadette in Wales with the great tradition of pilgrimage, I think, is a really important thing too. Spot on. And I must say, even you know, even if you consider Wales in its beauty, its beaches, its wonderful countryside, it's a great place for rest, for relaxation, for spiritual reflection, isn't it? It's, it's a beautiful country. Absolutely, and... and uh, the whole culture is beautiful. In my house, I have a, a little thing on the wall, and it says, to be born Welsh is to be born not with a silver spoon in your mouth, but with music in your heart and poetry in your soul. And I hope that in some way I embody that in my own being.